millions of people for houses they couldn't afford and now they're living on the streets. 85% of the world's wealth is controlled by 1% of the population. What do you think is going to happen when those people wake up and realize you've got all their money? All right, welcome back to the Sinestro podcast. And today we have a very special guest, a, a young star on the rise. <laughs> the name, Andy Yu. Andy, say what's up to the people. What? It's Andy Yu. <laughs> this guy's a great actor. Uh, he's has 43 roles on his IMDb, guys. He was on Arrow. He was on uh, a little short film called I'm Not Racist. Is that what it is? Uh, yeah, that that um, that, one, that one's a sketch that a friend of mine wrote, and then I, I got some other people together. Uh, what are your 43 roles? 43 roles, man. Every time I say that, it just... It... Actually, actually, I think there are a couple that aren't mine. I think just it belongs to some other Andy U, and then IMDb never... Like I, I think I addressed it, and then they never, they never changed. It, so whatever. I'll take it, whatever. All right, all right. Forty-three, <laughs> right now, officially. <laughs> uh, Forty-three. One of them was Fargo, Woo! season three. Man, that is one of my favorite shows. It's in the Mount Rushmore already. Um, how do you feel? How'd you feel being on that show? I met Andy before he got the role, by the way, people. Um, yeah, no, like Fargo was honestly the best. Yes, like Mount Everest for me. Uh, and and it is personally the best TV show ever for me. Um, I mean, I, I got into the industry uh, because of House, and that was yes. that was always my favorite TV show. And then Sherlock was the next one that kind of blew my mind. So those you're gonna be upset with me. <laughs> you do. I haven't watched Sherlock. <laughs> oh, no, 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 dude. I, I be, if, if you watch it and then you hate it, I'd be upset. But if you haven't, dude, you. You you got some you got some hours ahead of you that you will never get back because you will love it so much. Okay. So oh, that's amazing. Awesome. Oh man. So the showrunner for 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 Fargo, mm-hmm. same guy who did Bones, right? Yes. No Hall. Yes. Yes. He is talented. He did Legion as well, right? Extreme genius. And uh, yeah, I think he announces he's uh, making a movie on for Doctor Doom. No way. Right. Right. My what? reaction. Yes. Doctor Doom. I th- yeah, I think he announced it. Uh, if he didn't, please. Don't kill me, but <clears throat> yeah, like I think he did like in Comic Con like, a year or two ago. Uh, yeah, so Doctor Doom. Well, he's. I mean, so considering what he's done with the with the Coen Brothers property, yeah. I, this guy is a wizard. Like, he is. He is. Uh, his mind is like a whole universe. Nobody can ever um, fathom to understand what goes on. But uh, he also his new movie, uh, Lucy in the Sky. Yes, uh, I've seen the trailer for that. I am interested. This this guy is a genius. Everything he touches is is Okay, so the question then. Since you were working on Fargo, season two, do you have any answers about that UFO? (laughs) Answers. What happened? What was it? Was it just just the trickery? It just came. A UFO came in the middle of a gunfight and came and left. Everybody stopped, looked at it, and they did not address it. So, you know, is there anything to that or is there? Um, I, I, I don't think, in my experience working on the show, I don't think too many people brought that up. Uh-huh. And so I don't know the real answer. Um, like, I, I can't, like, begin to guess if that's what he had in mind. Uh-huh. But uh, somebody did mention um, one of the Coen Brothers movies that also had a UFO. 
So maybe it was a nod to that. Okay. Well, I can see him doing that kind of stuff because this was, I think this is probably the best uh, adaptation I've seen from an original property, uh, like done to the caliber of the original property. I've never seen that before. It has issues like in Fargo or uh, all the other stuff as well. I think in Fargo, there's a lot of a lot of nods to the really works. Yeah. So it could be it could well, be the dialogue. That. Yeah. <laughs> like, what do you what do you think? Uh, I, I I just thought it was a, a I guess a little kind of a deus ex machina, but we didn't really solve anything, right? So it's not. I think it was just like uh, something to throw the audience off. Like, what kind of really? By the way, it's it's the only season I think with a hundred percent Rotten Tomatoes every single episode. Season two. Season two. Oh yeah, but Mike Milligan and like that. <laughs> it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. go ahead, go ahead. Man. No, no, not a problem. Not a problem. Yeah, um, yeah, like like every single episode. So like after watching that, I was like, how how was this made? Like how it didn't seem like it was possible. Like there, it's a huge ensemble, and then. I read something recently that uh, Noah gave an interview about his new movie and saying like he loves writing ensembles. Yeah. So and, and holy crap, was he good at it? Um. So uh, I think there were there were a few shots. Um. There were I th- probably drone shots, but uh, come to think of it, I think it's from the 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 perspective of the aliens because it was like drone shots above the forest and something. Like that. And yeah. the more I thought about it, I'm like, oh my. God, that's the aliens' point of view of humans. So, like, take take this and then watch it again, and then you know, see see what else you guys can come up with. Because, like, it's insane. I'm, gonna, I'm definitely going back to season two. Do it. Do you do so? So, season two, the the Native American guy, mm-hmm. yes, he becomes the criminal boss from season one. Season one yeah. Retroactively, kind of like that show is so cool. It is, it is <laughs> insane. First first season, like. Personal favorite was like season one, you know, besides season three, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. <laughs> but like I, I love the acting and I love, um, yeah, like I, I love all three seasons. There's no favorite. Part. Um, yeah, the big boss guy, like you, 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 you first see him and and my my first impression I was like something's off. I don't know why. And then now you understand why. Yeah. <laughs> like was it five like layers and layers of, of surgery, or whatever? But like, like there's something off with him. It's very unsettling. <laughs> and then, and then now you now you realize why. I, mean, like, oh, I wonder if they planned it. They must have planned it for sure. The attention to detail on that show is ridiculous. It's like you only find that in like Breaking Bad or like The Wire, like that very like that, that detail to the attention to minutia. It's amazing. He, he writes he writes novels, so he probably like made the entire world. He, I don't know. Like, I guess, like, no, I don't know. I, I, again, I wouldn't I wouldn't fathom to know what what goes on in his mind. Like in his like genius mind but um yeah i wouldn't be surprised if he has like a whole world and like a bunch of stories that's still like for years and years to come yeah i don't doubt that uh he's really good at what he does i haven't even watched all of legion i watched like two episodes and i'm like this is really high quality i didn't expect this i gotta slow down <laughs> Rule my mind too. Yeah. I, I was watching legion actually um, so i want to understand you know more about humanity and stuff um I think it was on TV. Uh, I watched episode, I think, seven or something. And I was like, oh, what's going on? Uh, and then I watched, like, I think all of the season one. And I realized, oh, wow. 
personal personal experience was like okay episode one two three or whatever like didn't really didn't seem like it made a lot of sense it was great tv it's like uh, I don't think, like everything was all over the place but not in a bad way yeah it's like it, it, it was very intriguing and then by like episode like the last two episodes you're like oh that's why everything came out. I'm like, and it was oh it was I, I don't know how to compare that to but. that's a great endorsement I'm a huge expert. This is probably going to be the better property they've had in quite some time. Hey, yeah, like, and I love like suspense or twists. I, I love like any any type of movie, TV shows that that has that like 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 the end of Mist or something. And you're like, what? Whoa, <laughs> Mist wasn't bad. I like that. It was uh, with Thomas Jane, right? Yeah. That was nice, man. That, that ending was like, oh, I felt so bad for him. I'm like, oh. no spoilers, but, you know, get to that movie. It's pretty good. Crazy twist. That's, that's why I go and watch the movie. I think my favorite twist was, like, either Kaiser Soze or or Seven. You know, what's in the box? That was, like, I, I just rewatched Seven the other day, and I, it just, it's, every time I watch it, it just gets back to my top five and closer and closer to one. It's just so good. Yeah. It's really um, so I had another question for you. Working on that show with the fellow Canadian, with uh, her name Mary Elizabeth uh, Winston. Yeah, she's. From, I think she's from Calgary too. I could be wrong. I think she's Canadian. I took the the liberty to to basically call her an honorary Canadian. Oh, nice. Okay, so I could be wrong then. Yeah, let's look it up right now. I feel like we had that conversation. Like she is one of the nicest people you'll meet. Um, so maybe I was like, <laughs> no, no, uh, born in uh, North Carolina. So I don't know who the hell did I think was Canadian. She she is more Canadian than some Canadians I know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I I did that for you, Canada. I named her an honorary Canadian. Honorary <laughs> <Are we> Canadian. <laughs> did you uh, did you get to meet? Mac from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. <laughs> I didn't know. Oh, oh man. man, I would love that. He seems like a really cool guy. He does. He really does. I was I was really hoping. I was like, oh man, I want to hear some crazy stories about him because he's he's a genius. So they shot so, so they shot uh, season three in Calgary, most of it, right? Okay. All right. How did uh, I mean for a role like this? How did you? What we like? Who who inspired you? Like, who did you want to take after a little bit? Take pieces of to create your own kind of thing. A lot of a lot of Billy Bob and, and uh, Lauren Malvo. Lauren Malvo. A lot of uh, a lot of I just really felt Oh, Lester Nygaard. Man, that guy's story arc is incredible in season one. His transformation from episode one to ten is ridiculous. I mean, he wasn't like nice as nice as he was, just, you know, very mild mannered. Yeah. Um. So yeah, yeah. I guess like inspiration was I, I, I you know, watched them two seasons. I kind of try to understand where I fit into season three, and you know, I, I can't just copy them as well. Like you know, so I kind of amalgamate like you know different inspirations and then my own, so then, you know, training as well. Um, in terms of like playing bad guys, I always, always, um, I think one of the Biggest inspiration was actually Anthony Hopkins. Yeah, uh, the greatest villain of all time. Oh man. Yeah. Uh, and and I and I just 
in one interview, I forgot if I read or saw that interview, and he said, like, you know, like, people ask him, like, how do you, how do, you do the nasty shit that you do? It's like, it's insane. Like, doesn't that disturb you? And he's like, well, you know, as long as you come to, a, come to the understanding that, you know, every human has the capacity to do something like that, then it becomes easy. Or, like, then it made sense. And then I was like, that's true. You know, a lot of, a lot of things that, you know, that we see on the news, it's very disturbing. And then you think, oh, that's only the stuff that made it to the news. <laughs> so I'm like, humans are pretty effed up, like the things that they can do. So I don't know, from that point on, just you know, I, playing bad guy is just one of those people, one of those people with a reason to do some really fucked up shit that they do. Was it, is it, do you consider playing the bad guy more fun? At this point, yes. Okay. At this, like I said, I, I love like like uh, psychological thrillers. I love uh, suspense twists and all that. Um, yeah, like like. Maybe done from Gone Girl. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh my god. See, like those are the people that gives us this reaction, right? Yes. Oh man, like Sherlock, like he's so fucked up, or, or yeah, like Brian Cranston. Yes. Like like these like these these are are the characters that we we look up to and be like oh, oh please take me away from you know let me escape through you because yes. like i really hope you know people in real life don't do these things if they just look to tv and to, to get their fix and stuff i guess really that, that anthony hopkins thing reminds me of uh, denzel washington for training day when he uh, uh he had an interview i don't know you probably heard that too right the, the interview he did they asked him uh what was it like playing that role do you like playing bad guys same mm-hmm. kind of questions i'm asking you and he's like, uh, I, the only way that I could reconcile playing someone like this is if the consequences were just as severe, like as deep as the way he lived. So on on the script, uh, he was supposed to die off screen. And Denzel Washington fought for him to die violently on screen because of all the shit that he pulled before. Yeah. And so and he wrote on the script, the wage for sin is death. So he's like, in order for me to justify this guy's life, yeah. we got to make him go out pretty gruesomely. So I was like. Yeah, man, Denzel, that's some poetry right there. <laughs> American Gangster, same thing. He did, like, it's like, he, he he does bad well. Like, he does the bad guy pretty well. He's a good bad guy, and he does a bad good guy really well as well. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Can you imagine, like, bad guy from Training Day, same guy as, like, the father in Fences. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like... I think that guy, you know, so here's my thing with Denzel Washington. I love him to death. And I think his movies are mediocre. I think his performances that are amazing. I think Training Day is a basic movie. And I get a lot of flack for that from my friends. They always talk shit. And I'm like, yo, if you think about it, that story is held together by a shoestring. It is a performance-driven movie. And so that guy, he t- you're not watching Training Day. You're watching Denzel work. That's literally why I like that movie. I, I If it was anyone else in that movie, I wouldn't care. It would have. You know what I mean? I, I can understand what you Yeah, I'm not trying to bash the film or anything like that. I'm just saying that's what he brings to the table. He could take John Q, for example. John Q's a movie that I think personally sucks, but his performance in it was spectacular. So I'm like, yo, I can't turn away from this. This is incredible. Like, you know what I mean? That's what gets actors. Exactly. That's exactly so it. Hopefully, people will appreciate that. I'm that guy. I am that guy. You don't have to have a great story. Give me the performance. I'm exactly. here. I'm here, man. Exactly. All right. So, as an Asian guy, how was it navigating the industry? 
Do you oh. find it type like typecast? Do you, you get typecast a lot? I'm not sure. Like most of the things actors, at least when they start off, they they always have to they have that in mind. Um, you know, stereotypical Asian roles. Um, before before you know you you in the process of paying your dues, and you know, there's always the gangster role. There's always the, the delivery guy, whatever. Or at least that, that is, that's the case for me. Hopefully, this becomes irrelevant in the future when you know kids or something like a few years from now they're like yeah that, that doesn't that doesn't apply i'm like good i'm happy but um yeah I, I think a lot of my friends um colleagues they they go through the same thing like gangsters and whatever um yeah and and it's you know you gotta pay the bills you know personally i i'm not i, I haven't even like made it i'm not i haven't made it so you know sometimes i i I, I have more options than than people with less experience, but you know I'm still climbing that hill. I yeah, man, I'm not I'm not getting like offered like big roles or anything like that. So I'm, still, man, I'm super proud of you, man. Like when I saw <laughs> like I saw your social media the day you posted, like I guess when you were allowed to talk about it, and I was like, what? My head exploded almost. I was like, oh, this is this is so cool, man. So uh, I I think so. As far as the seasons go, I can't pick a favorite. Mm. Uh, as far as villains goes, I can't pick a favorite. <laughs> I can only say, oh, today I, I feel this. Like, VM Varga is probably one of the greatest villains I've ever seen on screen. He is um, so clever and delivers these, like, spellbinding monologues that make you want to change your religion. And, like, wow. he's just, he's insane. And so my question is, as, 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 um, as far as what was it like being under working with him and seeing Ewan McGregor <laughs> and their dynamic? Um, uh, uh, terrifying. It was uh, so. Imagine all the stress I had going into this. Like, oh my god, I'm on Fargo, and then being in those situations where, like, you know, sometimes I like it's it's a five pace scene, whatever. I have one line, and and you know, you have these two exact. Like David Thewlis and Ewan McGregor, who was playing twins. Oh, oh, he crushed that. He played oh. twins, and he, it, yeah. Uh, love both characters. I love all the characters they played. So well written. But like you, you, you like I'm stuck in the, in the middle of these two giants, and they're again like throwing monologues like there's no tomorrow. Like like they don't care. It's just another Monday for them. And here I am with one line. Like I, I, the only thought in my head was like, I can't be the only person who fucks up this scene. I can't be the reason why they have to go another take when like, you know, they go page and page and then Andy, you comes with one line, four words. And Oh no, sorry. We got to go take it from the top. No man. So it was, I mean, thankfully we didn't have to. So I deliver, I really own that one line now. Um, yeah, they, 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 they were amazing. And like, to, to have all that, like in our minds, it's a lot of pressure, right? Like monologue after monologue, page after page, they're just letting it fly. And at the same time, they have the, the, the most solid composure because they are so damn professional. They are so seasoned and, and they just, they're just they so nice to you on set as well. And I'm like, how are you not freaking out? I'm like, because they're David Thewlis and Ewan McGregor. That's pretty much it. Why? And and like just especially like I, I I lost my composure after seeing Ewan um prep this the the scene that he had to kill his brother. Yes. He had to kill himself. Uh, 
and and he, yeah, it was like rehearsing, and and he was just jumping back and forth between the two characters. And I'm like, wow, like that's, I that's real acting, right? Like you see I a guy just, embody two personas that are not his, uh, and back to back, that's crazy. He just goes back and forth, and then and then like having conversations with with himself, with like like um, yeah, like like there there are people like feeding him lines and stuff, and it's just like. How how did how do they get to that level and how can I get to that level? Like that's yeah that's that's what goes on in my mind. Like I want to be like them. I want to be as good as them and maybe you know like the the the, the other characters for I don't know Sherlock probably has that as well because he Benedict Cumberbatch also has those crazy monologues. Um, yeah, so I was like, oh, man. I love man. I love it. I just want to be as good as them. Man, that, like, and. It is. It's high art. It's like they're playing at the highest professional level on this, like the acting, the writing. Uh, so my, like, even though I can't pick a favorite season, I can definitely pick a favorite episode. And it was the Peter and the Wolf. That is probably my favorite hour of television ever, simply because Peter and the Wolf is an old Russian musical that I used to listen to as a kid. And they had a Disney version of it. And it was like animated and each uh, uh, character in the in, in the in, in the musical was represented by a different instrument. So the wolf would be, you know, the loud French horns for, like, you know, kind of a uh, reckoning. And uh, the kid would be the flute. Or no, uh, yeah, the kid was the flute. Peter was the flute, I think. Was he? No, Peter no. was violin. Peter was the violin. Yeah. yeah. So when I saw that incorporated into that episode and how VM Varga was the wolf and like, and, 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 and Mer- one of you Mer- uh, McGregor's characters was the, uh, the duck. No, actually, it wasn't the duck. Oh my! Who was the duck? It was. It, it was a duck. It was. It was his partner. Um, no, it was. It was. Uh, it was. Uh, it was Ray. Ray was Ray, the duck. Yes, Ray was the duck. Thinking back, I was like, "It's a mallard." I'm like, "Why the mallard?" I think, <laughs> I think maybe, maybe, uh, maybe Billy Bob said something about mallards. So that's what's in my head. But yeah, he was a duck. And then was he narrating that episode? Billy Bob. He was. Yes, I knew it was him. I knew it. <laughs> I heard his voice. I'm like, yo, Billy Bob Thornton, is that you? He was narrating that episode. So that that adds to why that's my favorite hour of television. Because I have never seen I it's like it takes balls to make that kind of artsy attempt to be like, you know what? I'm gonna take an old Russian musical to represent a crime saga in an episode and like have each character represented by a different instrument. I was like, yo, just I could die now. This is the best TV experience I've ever had. He's a genius, man. And like I, I rewatched it recently, just a little, a little clips of it, and yeah, like all the instruments worked really well, uh, and and the effects that they had that they probably intended as well, either either planning or in editing and stuff. Just you know, when when, when they introduced Varga, it's like the French horns, yeah. right in your face, you're like, whoa! <laughs> and then the little glimmer of hope that is the Gloria Burgle with the violin. Just like, and, and, and like he even talked about the instruments also gave you preparation, but even with that preparation and you dove in, you, you still went on this whole journey with musical instruments, storytelling, like, wow. So it was, it was, it was amazing. Yeah, that's not my life, man. <laughs> I can, I mean, I can imagine that's, that is a, Great highlight, man. And I think, but I think, like, from what I saw, what I saw you do, you, this guy played a menacing assassin. Like, you, you came on screen and you owned that shit. I'm not, I'm not just saying that because you're my friend. I really, I, like, you really did well, man. You did, you, yeah, you, 
Fuck that shit. No, no, no. You rock that shit. You represented, bro. <laughs> Are you excited for the next season? Uh, I am. I, I don't know anything about it uh, other than you know, Chris Rock. Chris Rock and Timothy Oliphant from Justified. I love that guy. <laughs> I, I, I loved him ever since uh, what was it? The Door Next Door. Yes. He played a bad guy. Like, yes. I'm like, I hated that guy. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, wow. <laughs> and then and then you realize, hey, you know, it's just one of his ranges. And, and that was the first, you know, the, the introduction experience when, when, when people like on Twitter or whatever, like, because um, I, I was live tweeting, like, when my episodes came out, or like people, like, when they, when they say, hey, yeah, we, uh, you, you play that guy. I'm like, yeah, like, we hate you. Like, cool. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I'm like, now I understand why. <laughs> He's great. He's great. Did you watch Justified? I have not. No, it's really good. What's it about? Uh, it is so he plays a U.S. marshal called uh, named Raylan Givens, mm. who is you know like the wider of <laughs> of U.S. marshals. He he kills a lot of the guys there. Like he's a he's a loose cannon and and he's <laughs> he's loved he's loved he's loved by his superior, but he's always getting reprimanded. It's cool. It's really it's but it's not like cliche like Lethal Weapon type shit. It's it's southern rural. Uh, Walton Goggins is in it, and he plays a character named Boyd Crowder, who is one of my favorite characters on TV. Yeah, he gets all these like, and you know those Southern aristocrat like uh, pronunciation of shit, right? Like he has all these long monologues with like, <laughs> it sounds like he's twirling his mustache. It's really fun to listen to his stuff. So you should give Justified a try. Also, it's on FX. It's a great, it's a great show. Um, do you have any, do you have any advice for uh, any up and coming actors uh, of color who want to, you know? Shoot their shot and um, don't be afraid to write. You know, uh, yes. Everyone's got a story, and you know, if the world's not giving you roles, you're not giving you opportunities, make your own. Um, because the one thing that you have over anybody else is your story is yours alone. And there may be similarities, but it will never be as authentic as you know, like your upbringing and, and everything. So, like you know, own that. Um, and make turn that into a beautiful story, into who you are right now, into you know, show us the journey. And people resonate with that. The only reason why people love certain movies over others is exactly for that reason. They they have one distinct voice, and they can tell a great story, and people resonate with it. That's the only reason why. So, dude, write like don't be afraid to write. Whether um, you know, it, it can get. It can get taxing at times, um, you know, rejections. If, if there are at the beginning, chances are they'll, they'll have a lot of rejections. And, um, you know, speaking from experience, that can bog you down. And it had, like, for years and years. Um, find your voice and know what, know, know what, like, what your biggest obstacle in life is that you've had to overcome. And remember that story and just put that on paper. And nobody else will be able to tell that story as well as you did. Like Rocky. <laughs> yes, <laughs> like Rocky. I just thought about that. I'm like, hey, yeah, it's just like Rocky. So like how like how he did it. That's great advice. Well, we're coming to uh, we gotta wrap up now. Um, but thank you for coming, man. Thank, thank you, you so much. Thanks for having me, man. And yes, the tune in next week to the Sinestro Podcast. And uh, have a great time if you're watching this morning, noon, and night. Adios, people. <laughs> Watch all seasons. Watch all seasons, yes, of Fargo. <laughs>